Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time. Uh, really, really great first half for the Vols time. Second half, maybe, maybe not as good, but does it really matter time? You play like that in the first half, it's still going to be all right time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a lovely Saturday evening here in God's Own, Knoxville, Tennessee. The weather is nice. The weather is 69 degrees nice. And right now, things are pretty nice for Tennessee, too. The Vols picking up a big, big win, 45-20 against the South Carolina Gamecocks on Saturday, just a couple of miles away from right here at Neyland Stadium, where Patrick Brown and I both were during the game today. And now, now we're not there. Now we're at our, our own houses. I'm at the Fort Rucker studio. He is at his undisclosed location. And Pat, uh, just I don't know what's getting into Tennessee in the first halves of these games, but man, goodness gracious, this the 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 first couple of first halves have been just nuts. Maybe they're just all morning people, Wes. They might be. I don't know what I don't know what it is, man. But goodness gracious, those first halves are they're ridiculous. I mean, you know, you, you had, go ahead. No, I mean, wasn't didn't we get a stat in the in the press box late that that said that like this is the first time a team has scored twenty eight points in the first quarter in back to back games against an FBS opponent since like since Heupel did it at UCF maybe. Yeah, and and at Tennessee they're they're looking uh, as far as at the time we're recording this, which in all candor I'll tell you it's about uh, eight twenty five Eastern as we are recording this, and and it was. Uh, they had gotten back to like the 1950s and they still hadn't found a time when Tennessee had ever done it. So uh, just absolutely nuts. Tennessee with 56 points uh, in the past two first quarters, uh, 80 points, 83 points uh, in the past two first halves of games. And I believe, uh, as Pat noted, there was a six-quarter stretch there, the, the full game against Mizzou and then the first half against South Carolina where Tennessee had scored 100 points in six quarters of football. And we, we've been saying, Pat, we, we've, we've been saying sort of the first month of the season that there are so many yards and points that are being left on the field by Tennessee. And if they ever start hitting on this stuff, they're going to put up some crooked numbers. They were calling crooked numbers in baseball. They were going to put up some big numbers. And by God, these are some big numbers. Yeah, and, and again, you're seeing a lot of the same – good, creative, different designs from this coaching staff, right? I mean, uh, we saw very early on in the first month of the season that they could scheme guys open consistently. Um, and we've continued to see that. And now Tennessee is, is hitting on them. You know, they're, they're running a, a play where they kind of, you know, get the defense looking at Hinton Hooker rolling out while they're running sort of a, a seam cross combination with, with Bayless Jones and 
Shemonte Payton, it gets played wide open behind the defense. I mean, it was just a just great play call. Uh, they had a play early in the game where Hinton Hooker got sacked, where I think it was basically the Florida play all over again. They slipped Jacob Warren out like he was blocking. He's wide open. And if Hooker isn't getting sacked because his left guard and his running back let a defensive lineman come pretty much uninhibited, that's, that's a touchdown. So um, you're, you're seeing a lot of the same things, and, and you're seeing creative wrinkles from week to week that you didn't see before. Um, and, and these guys, the staff, they just know how to draw plays up. I mean, obviously the tempo gets a lot of attention, but, you know, they come out to start a drive. I think it was the second or third drive and they're in a bunch formation and you're like, okay, hold on. What, what they're about to do something weird because they yeah. don't do that. Cause they talk about how, how much they spread the field out with who they've got. Um, and they, you know, they run the toss play or they, they sort of run a sweep with Bayless Jones to the field and gets 15 yards. So, um, yeah, you're, you're seeing this offense click at a, at a high rate, and um, I think there's a couple of reasons for that. One is, is Hendon Hooker. He's played really well. Yes, he has. Um, he's been really efficient. I think he's up to 13 touchdowns now, just one interception, which was in his first game, which wasn't even a start. Um, and so uh, he's turnover-free for the third straight game. Um, and, and I think they found the combination that works best at wide receiver, and that's Bayless Jones in the slot with – you got Jonathan Pete and Jonathan Payton's speed uh, uh, on one side, and, and Cedric Tillman, who's a bigger body guy that can make the physical plays. He can block. He can do a lot of things that you need to do in this offense. And that combination has been, has really worked really well, really over the past two games. Um, and, and certainly, we've seen Payton his speed pretty much throughout the whole season. So um, I think that's a combination that's working really well. But the quarterback play, obviously, is, is what's really making this offense go right now. Yeah, and and Heupel had a, had a really good comment. A few of them after the game, when he talked about one thing that really stuck out was, to me was when he talked about the you know the jigsaw puzzle. Like when you get to a every team, you're you you kind of try to see what you have as a coaching staff, and it's it's like trying to put together a jigsaw puzzle with with what your offense and defense are going to look like. And they they had you know Vales Jones that injury he had throughout preseason camp that really kind of prevented them in some ways from seeing what they had. I mean, they also had guys like, you know, you know, Callaway and Holiday who were dinged up uh, a little bit at times throughout camp with different things. And they, they just – I think Hyatt was, was dinged up for a while too. They just – while you're trying to put in a new system with so many new players and you really got to know what you have before you start putting it together and you get all of it right because if you're trying to do it blindly, you're not going to get it all right. You're going to make mistakes just like – you know, we said going into the season, frankly, I think all of us did after we watched spring camp and after what we saw and heard in preseason camp, it looked like Jimmy Callaway was going to be a really big part of this offense. He, he just looked like a guy that was a natural football player that was could get into space, could make plays. Um, but, you know, he misses some time. He gets a little dinged up. He comes back. He has a couple of drops. They throw him in there. Jalen Hyatt, who we thought could have a massive sophomore season, ends up you know, having a couple drops early on and he's not playing great. And then he gets, you know, the concussion type symptoms that he had after getting his head knocked in the opener. They're just a, a, a lot of things, or, or against Pitt, I should say, a, a lot of things that that they had to put together, offensive line combinations, who the hell is the quarterback. I mean, they had a lot of things to put together. And when you think about it, really, it's not been that much time that it's taken them to put this puzzle together and despite still a significant number of injuries, Jabari Small didn't play in that game. And we'll talk later about all the guys on defense who weren't there. And my goodness, that's a long list of guys who were not available or were very, very limited in that game on defensively. But what they were able to put together and what's 
Pat, I still think a short amount of time, it's really impressive. Yeah, and, and you know, I think Bayless going to the slot first, you know, and Heifel mentioned this after the game, they had some guys missing in spring. Hyatt was one of those guys, yep. right? I think he missed all but, like, the last week or two of, of spring ball. Um, and so you, you get a chance to evaluate different guys, and, you know, that slot position, they have, they've had some different guys there, but they're all young guys, right? It's Hyatt, it's Callaway, Walker Merrill's gotten some run there this season. He's a freshman, so – um, let him you know, in catches one in a game, <laughs> right? I mean, and the production there has a little, been a little bit up and down. You know, Hyatt had the drops in the first game and, and didn't have a catch uh, until uh, in any of the last four games, I think, right before today. Uh, and made made a great play on the touchdown catch. Came yes, back in and, and showed South Carolina what they were missing because they didn't recruit him. I'm sure that meant a lot to him. But um, you know, they had some talent there, just those young guys, and, and you know, there's a lot of talk about this wide receiver court going into the season, but it was a lot about potential because a lot of these guys hadn't played and I pointed that out of the game. is like we're, we're young in this offense and we're young overall. And so you get Jones in there and, and again, maybe if he's healthy all, all preseason, maybe he moves there early. Um, but I think it's taken time for him to learn that spot. Um, and he, you know, it, it fits him perfectly because it gets him in space. He's a good yak guy. I mean, I don't know how many yak yards he has over the past two games, but it's a bunch. You know, he goes for seven catches for 79 yards and a touchdown against Missouri, and he has, I think, six for 103 yards and um, and a touchdown today as the Braves just pulled a game in and double play. This is live go. podcasting at go. its best. There you go. I, I knew we had, we had to get this done because we had a window to do it. And, I, and I, if, I, if the Cubs were in a playoff game, which they're not because they're not good right now, I would be distracted too, so I don't blame you there. Uh, sorry for, the, for my Braves fans out there listening. Go Braves. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just – that position is really just he's come in and solidified that spot. And I think it's just kind of set the balance right for what they have. Um, and, and that's not to say Hyatt and Callaway, you know, Callaway's obviously taking a lot of heat lately for the drop that Florida, you know, Hyatt had the drops against Bowling Green and, and, you know, his only four catches going into the Saturday's game were in that Bowling Green game. And, and the story for that game was more the catches that he didn't make. So yeah, there's just a lot of moving pieces, but I think they found the right combination again. Quarterback play. That, that's the story for, for this team. I mean, Hinden Hooker has done um, everything that, that they need him to do. And and the biggest thing that we heard from Alex Polis during the week when I asked him about Hooker and he said, we, we know what we're getting. That's so valuable as a coaching staff when you know uh, and you can trust this guy. And clearly they um, have put a lot on Hooker's plate and, and he's done a good job. Um, and, and Hooker's, I think, improved. I think he's a better quarterback than he was at Virginia Tech. So I think you have to give him credit for putting in the work. And I think you have to give the staff credit for developing him because, um, you know, you, you watch him at Virginia Tech and he was okay as a passer. He's been a lot better now. That's for sure. I mean, he was 17 to 23 days, 15 to 19 last week. Um, and, and he still gives you a lot of different things, but the way he's throwing the football, um, it, it's really making this offense go right now. And, and that's why they've been able to jump on teams. And, and to me, there's two big things. And I think we'll talk a little bit about the second one uh, in the next summit, but, um, the two big takeaways from this win were not only, uh, you know, Tennessee all week heard about, oh, they scored 60 points. You guys are awesome. They heard about how good they are. You got the black jerseys. Josh Heifel and the staff and the players deserve a lot of credit for coming in and being as locked in as they were from the jump in, in this game. Um, and they started fast all season. I mean, I think they're 101 to 13 in the first quarter games this season. I mean, they're just blitzing teams uh, these past two weeks. So um, after a win, we wondered how they would handle success. Held it pretty good because they jumped all over South Carolina and never really gave South Carolina a chance in this game. So um, the other thing is, is Tennessee won this game with so many guys out or so many guys not playing. And 
Um, at one point, I'll, I'll go back through my, my notes and see, but you include the guys that were injured and some of the guys that may be redshirting or, or not factors. Guys that were in jerseys and they're you know wearing their jerseys not in uniform, right? Yeah. That weren't playing on the sideline. You add up all those guys, plus the guys that were injured didn't play, Tennessee probably won this game with less than 60 available scholarship players. Obviously, their numbers are down. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, they missed some really key pieces, but just the overall numbers, I mean, uh, they're not far away from an NFL size roster. I mean, this, that, that's actually just, funny. That's the exact same comment. There, there was, I won't say what team he's from, but there was an NFL scout I talked to during the game pad, and I told him, I was like, man, Tennessee's doing this, but like y'all's dress sizes or what, you know, y'all, y'all's dress lists for a game. And he was like, yeah, they kind of are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, there's, 15, 12, 15 guys down there and, and wearing their jerseys because they're not playing. And then, uh, you know, it's just – and but you didn't hear any excuses, right? You don't hear – you know, Hypo kind of laughs it off. And after the game, he's like, you guys got any eligibility left? You know, they had they had Lynn J. Dixon, I think, was in town, the, the transfer from Clemson. And I think I asked Ryan at one point in the press box, can they get him – like, can he play next week? <laughs> get him in. Get, yeah, get, so. Put him in, coach. All right. So, that that's the two big things to me. But, yeah, I mean, this offense – uh, I mean, I, I think they've they've already surpassed their scoring total from last season, right? Um, uh, yes, uh, comfortably. And, and they've already got yeah. almost more touchdowns than they've had in a season in like five or six years or something like that. Yeah, like they're I on pace they to had, just obliterate that mark. I think it was 215 points and 29 touchdowns last season. I think they're already at over 30 touchdowns and at 249 points, so – um, and they're, you know, and they've done this explosion. This explosion's come in these last two SEC games. But like I said, they scored 100 points in six quarters, and um, I mean, 107 points in this last two games. You're, you're getting back to to the Dobbs Camara team in 2016 that scored 112 uh, when they beat Kentucky and Missouri. It was 49 and 63. So, um, yeah, th- this this offense is it's playing really well right now, and. Um, it, it's really fun to watch. It's got to be fun to watch for player for the fans, right? Yeah, it is. A couple things I noticed. You probably heard the paper shuffling while Pat was talking there. I apologize for that, but I'm trying to get some. He he made a good point about Valus Jones and the yak, and I looked it up, so that's why you were hearing the papers ruffling. And that's uh, he's got, I believe, 127 yards of yak in the past two games. Um, he's had 58 against South Carolina, and I think 69, uh, nice against. Um, against Mizzou last and, week. And then and, he had a 15-yard carry, too. So the, you're talking about 142 yards with you know after he touches the ball in the past two weeks. And, and that's, I mean, in, in some of these plays, he's making South Carolina's defenders look slow. I mean, yes, he is. He's getting the ball and getting upfield fast. And, you know, again, it's a, it's a good combo because he can be the guy that, that operates in the space. If, 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 if you've got a number advantage out there, you can throw it to him with Tillman. Tillman will block. Bayless can can read and, and make a play, and um, we, I feel like we've been saying it a long time. Even going back to Tennessee Tech, when when Bayless got started looking explosive again, it's like they need to get Sky like majorly involved. And I don't think it's any question the fact that they have got him majorly involved these last few games has been the reason why the offense has exploded like has. Yeah, and, and here's those numbers. Uh, just looked this up to Tennessee, and this is the past five years. Uh, 2017 Tennessee plays 12 games, scores 28 touchdowns. 2018, Tennessee plays 13 games, scores 35 touchdowns. 2019, Tennessee plays 13 games, scores 35 touchdowns. 2020, Tennessee plays 10 games, scores 29 touchdowns. 
Through six games in 2021, Tennessee has 33 touchdowns. So Tennessee is two touchdowns away from tying the best season they've had a number of touchdowns in five years. Uh, this guy, when he came, uh, and we said it at the time, don't know if he's going to have big success or not at Tennessee. We'll see. Other coaches have shown promise, and then it, it's gone the wrong way. Um, but this guy's going to put points on the board. This system works. This guy knows offense. He will get guys into space, and they will score points. The question would be, could they build depth? You know, Could they play enough defense? Could they stop the run, which you have to do in the SEC? Could, could they do – some of those things, and and you know they're they're showing some positive steps there, Pat. And we'll talk about that in the second segment. But in terms of just offensively, going into the season with questions at quarterback, uh, a duct tape offensive line, you don't know what you're getting in in some spots there in the backfield. You know, people forget this. I mean, I don't know if people forget this, but losing Eric Gray and Ty Chandler from from the backfield last season, and and all they've done is score 33 touchdowns in six games which is just bonkers. I mean, the offensive stats that they're putting up, this is an era full of offense, right? This is why Josh Heupel was hired, because Danny White, he, he saw the playing field. He knows how the game is played these days. He knows you got to put points on the board in order to, A, get butts in the seats, and, B, in order to compete to win games. Not just to win games, but just to compete to win games. You have to score points. And this guy is going to do that the whole time he's going to be here. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's 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 what he's done. It's his MO. I mean, and even at Missouri, his first year, it was sort of a similar situation where he took over a pretty crappy offense and, and had it going pretty good. And, you know, the detractors will say, well, they put up a lot of points and yards against bad teams. I mean, Missouri and or South Carolina aren't great teams, but they're other SEC teams, and they're, and they're teams that a lot of people thought were, you know, pretty close to Tennessee going into the season, right? I mean, Missouri was a three-point favorite last week. Um, yeah, and South Carolina is a team that's obviously they got a long way to go, and I don't know if Beamer's, I don't, he might struggle to get some traction there. But um, I mean, they gave Kentucky a push. They gave a good Kentucky team a push. And and and, and the other thing that Heibel came in with was was a quarterback. He always produces great quarterbacks. Well, he's got this guy in Hooker who's you know, starting the year as a backup, and people say, well, how could he be the backup? August went how it went, people. <laughs> I mean, yes. I don't know how much more we can say it. Um. But now you got, I mean, who are the best quarterbacks Tennessee's had over the last 15 years? Probably Tyler Bray and probably Josh Dobbs. Well, Hooker is reading some stuff today. He's the first quarterback to throw multiple touchdowns in five straight games since Bray in 2012. And we remember how good he was that season. And this is the third game in a row. Or, yeah, no, three games this season. He's had three touchdown passes and one rushing touchdown at least. And, and Josh Dobbs the last guy to do that. So if you're – if you're doing stuff that was last done by Tyler Bray and Josh Dobbs, quarterback position, you're doing pretty good. Yeah, and, uh, and that's been that's been a key for this offense. And, and Hooker, I think is, um, I think he's done a good job. And I think the way the team has kind of rallied around him is something he's talked about, something the Hypel's talked about, um, and just the way he is and the way he plays has really sort of won him over to the team. And um, and that's that's obviously I think contributed to his success as well. Yeah, and uh, I just looked this up too. Hooker uh, has already tied. He's now got, I believe, 13 touchdown passes. That that ties his career yeah. high uh, from Virginia Tech, and, and his quarterback rating as a um, as a sophomore at Vatech was a 165. As a junior at Vatech, it was a 153, and this year at Tennessee, it's around 190. 
So he, he is playing um, the best football of his career, and he just got here and just started playing for, for these guys. Uh, remember, Hendon Hooker was not the guy that this staff selected. You know, the, he was the guy who was – he came to play for the previous staff, and, and it didn't, right. didn't work out. And, and they brought in a guy like Milton who was the guy they brought in and the guy who in August was by far the best quarterback on the team in camp. And then the season starts and things go the way they go. And now you've got a quarterback. Now you've got an offense, at least until you know the thing falls apart because they're keeping it together with duct tape and super glue and JB Weld and whatever else they're trying to do. Because they're, you know, Tyon Evans goes down during the game. We don't have an update on that. There's a lot of stuff that that there's concern because there's just guys going down all over the place. And maybe if the games were closer the past couple of weeks, they would have played more of those guys. But still, the fact is. They're not out there. Uh, so there's a lot to discuss about that. We're overdue for a break. we got to step away. Pay some bills. Uh, listen to, to some products, services, in-house ads, other fun things. We'll come back, and we have a lot more to discuss about both this game and Tennessee's uh, game next week against Ole Miss, which, Katie, bar the door, you could have 160 points in that freaking game. Hashtag ad. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago. During that commercial break, Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Patrick Brown coming to you from an undisclosed location talking about Tennessee's 45-20 win over South Carolina at Neyland Stadium where, where both Pat and I, along with Ryan Callahan and Grant Ramey, were earlier today uh, to watch Tennessee in front of a better crowd. Still not close to a sellout, but you know, nearly 90,000 there. That's... That's not bad. I imagine it'll be a full boat probably next week for the first time in a, in a while, but and deservedly so in my opinion. Uh, but still, still, um, you know, better. It, it was you know in, in the eighty thousand range, and now you got ninety thousand or so there today. Pretty good crowd, and they got a pretty good show at least in the first half. Lots and lots of good things for the Vols. We got a lot more to discuss in this podcast. We will do that, but quickly, uh, just a quick reminder, guys. Please take about ninety seconds out of your day right now. Please rate and review this podcast, and please hit that subscribe button. Uh, I say this every episode because I have to because it's that important. Uh, but still, as a reminder, if you're just listening on the website, nothing wrong with that. There's no wrong way to consume this podcast. But what really helps is if you go in there and Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world where you can cast a fine pod, you can find this GoBoss 24-7 podcast. And we do this for free, and we're happy to do it. It's a labor of love. But the one thing we ask, please go in there and rate and review and subscribe. 
Pat, there is a lot of talk about offense, and, and frankly, there should be. Tennessee is doing a lot of good things offensively. There's going to be a tremendous amount of discussion about offense heading into next week's game against Ole Miss, and we, we will get back to that before we get out of here. But we, we can't not mention Tennessee's defense and what it's been able to do despite not having so many guys who, you know, Elijah Simmons doesn't play in that game on Saturday. Uh, Theo Jackson doesn't play in that game on Saturday. Danico Slaughter doesn't play in that game on Saturday. Tyler Barron, again, plays a very, very limited role in that game on Saturday. Jawan Mitchell, who was supposed to be a huge part of the middle of this defense, did not play in that game on Saturday. They had a lot of guys dinged up too much where they couldn't play, and then some guys dinged up enough where they still could play. Um, but they go out there, and South Carolina had not scored more than one touchdown offensively against an FBS team all season. They got two in this game. But still, uh, without that special teams play, it's 45-13. to 13. So they did their job, and they're doing it really impressively. They're finding ways. I mean, Brandon Turnage is a guy, transfers from Alabama. He's supposed to be the third-team nickel, right? The third-team nickel. He finds out, Pat, yesterday – that he's going to start because Slaughter and Jackson both can't go. And the buzzard goes out there and has 14 tackles. Yeah, and his former team just is now trailing Texas A&M 17-7. So let's just get weird tonight. How about that? It is, um, it is yeah, weird. I mean, it, first of all, with me, with the, uh, with the defense, it, it's you, you You can grade them on on your on their own. You can probably nitpick some stuff in the second half. But, I mean, it's different when you're playing with a 31-point lead. It's different when you're up 48-17 like they were. Uh, last week so um, you know during the first half is when you really have to evaluate because the way Tennessee's offense was playing in the first half any stop any turn they got was going to be seven points the other way I mean that, that's how it's been the last two weeks more or less but yeah I mean I think this group has just been they're just finding a way that's just the that's just the definition of it and um, you know they, they tried to pull a fast one on us in pregame warm-ups when um, you know, the, here, here's the pregame warm-up situation. I feel like we have to clear up this video yes. deal. I'm, it was, I'm, it was gl- weird... I'm glad you're clearing this up. So Tennessee gets to the stadium, and they go out there, and they get out there in their groups. They have – usually it's the wide receivers and defensive backs, and it's the linebackers running – well, I think it's all the skill guys. Then it's the linebackers and quarterbacks and tight ends are in a group. They come out in three different groups, and they kind of stretch and get loose with the strength staff and a T-shirt and shorts, more or less. Um, then they go back in and then they come out position group by position group in uniform. So Theo Jackson, while in the first phase of, of the pregame, he is in his jersey and like sweatpants. That's what guys that aren't playing wear on the sidelines. They're in their jerseys. Um, and so he's out there doing that. So we're like, a, we get out there, we see him, we, you know, he's that way. Elijah Simmons is that way. Christian Charles and Nico Slaughter are all dressed like that. And then they come out for warmups. And they're like, Hey, 26 is done. They're going through warmups. I mean, Theo was bounding around. Looked like he was going to play. He was with the first team defense. And it's like, hold up. So he's, uh, we were at, at that point, we were kind of thinking, what are they trying to pull here? Cause of all network, I said, he's not playing. So anyways, he ends up not playing. And you're like, even at the point early when you, you, you think that he's out and slaughters out, you're like, who's, who's going to put it nickel? It's like, well, I guess they could throw one of the safeties on there and put Tamara McDonald. Well, they could slide a corner inside and put Kenneth George in the game. And, you know, when, when Slaughter limped off last week, it was about seven, eight minutes to go against Missouri. It was Romello Edwards who was a walk-on that they put in there. So um, they obviously knew that, you know, there was a chance Jackson, who obviously had a big collision with the Missouri receiver, 
Um, and then Slaughter was still kind of gimpy a little bit. I don't know. I think he might've gotten his leg kind of bent a different way uh, when he made a tackle late in the game. So they kind of knew they might not have those guys. And so they, they slide turnage in there. Um, and he worked there some in preseason. I remember Willie Martinez saying that back there in, uh, in August and um, Tennessee, you know, they've gotten a lot, obviously, you know, hookers played well, John Payton is four touchdowns and nine catches the season. So they've gotten some stuff from these transfers and offense. They really, really hadn't gotten a lot on defense, you know, but they just plug turnage in there and he plays fine. I mean, um, 14 tackles. He had a couple of plays in the backfield. You didn't see a huge drop off from, from what Theo had done and even what how slaughter did last week. So, that's that sort of, you know, we hear the next man up mentality talked about a lot about it as, as you know, when coaches and turns came in there, you know, he knows he can play. He, he's practiced Alabama before. He knows he's a good player. Um, but, you know, you had to look hard to kind of see him because he hasn't played a whole lot in the third, first three games. But, you know, he, he comes in there and does the job. And, and that's what you have to do as this defense. And kind of we talked about some of the creative stuff. I, I think Tim Banks is a really good defense play caller. I think he's really proven that so far. Um, just like offensive play caller, you're not going to get everything right. Sometimes you're going to, you're going to play man and, and leave half the field for Luke Doty to scramble 23 yards on third and 18. That's going to happen. There are other times where he makes the right call where on third down, he gets the quarterback to hold the ball and they get a coverage sack, you know, or they call a twist where they basically free up Byron Young to get up the middle. They, they do some of these creative things and they execute it well. Um, and, and the biggest thing about this defense is they seem to be very sound, right? How many times last season under Jeremy Pruitt, who's this supposed defensive guru, do they just have a bust, turn a guy loose? Yeah. I haven't seen that a lot this year, have we? No. You know, they, and, they played and, very and, sound. And not just that, but, you know, Derek Ansley, a guy who just like Pruitt, almost immediately goes to the NFL when he leaves Tennessee. So people still think those are good defensive football coaches, but right. and, and, weird. You know, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother discussion about them. You know, you're trying to play defense that only if you have best talented, you know, best talent in the country can, can execute it. When you try it with lesser talent, it you know it doesn't quite pan out. So um, you know you, you make a scheme that's easier. They're not you know they very seem they very rarely seem to be out of place at the second and third levels, right? So that's a sign of a well coached defense. I think this defense is really well coached. Now there's going to be times where athletically they don't cover up well or they may not execute a zone call. Um, you know they still struggle to get to the quarterback with just four. So, you know, they're kind of like, like I just said, they, they're just finding a way. Right. And um, I, I think they believe in the staff. I think they believe in, in the scheme um, and they're just going out and executing and, and playing solid football. You know, they, it's not pretty. Sometimes they'll give up plays. Sometimes they'll give up drives, but, you know, need to make a play. They come up with a third down stop. They get a third down stop. They get teams behind the chains. They've done that the last two weeks. Um, and it's, it's, they're, they're getting the job done today. And, and again, you talk about the guys they didn't have today. Mitchell's probably, you know, he started the first game. You know, Simmons is a guy that started the first four games of the season. Theo Jackson's been their best defensive player, right? Yeah. He's leading tackler, top five in the SEC in tackles for loss, six pass breakups, which is probably triple what he's had in his whole career. Um, and, and, you know, he goes out, he goes to safety last week. They put Slaughter in there, not a drop off. Slaughter's out, Theo's out there, put Turnage in there. We were barely seen, and he goes in there and plays pretty good. So, um, they're just again. They're just finding a way on defense. Now they probably won't find a way a whole lot next week. But I mean, it's up to this point, you have to say they've exceeded expectations, even though those expectations are probably a little bit low. Yeah, when they do what they're supposed to do defensively in terms of kind of setting the edge and getting the angles right, you know, I mean, you know, Banks had a couple missed tackles today. A couple other guys, you know, let a guy go here and there. 
But but generally speaking, if when they get you, keep you in front, they're pretty good about keeping you there. I still think when you go back and watch parts of that game, and, I, and I'll go back and do that. We'll both do that. We'll go back and watch it. Um, but you, you go back, there's a couple times where, you know, when South Carolina gets to the edge, it looks really hairy there. Uh, Tennessee's angles, uh, Tennessee's just lack of sort of elite speed on defense. I, when you look at the way Ole Miss plays, you look at some of those guys Georgia and Bama have, they're going to break some big plays on this defense because other than the two corners, Taylor and Burrell, who both run really well, uh, there's just not a lot. Tennessee safeties don't run great. They're just not speedsters. And when you get to the edge against these guys, if they get behind you, you're not going to catch them. And, and, and so that that still concerns me, and that's one of the many reasons why I think next week could be an absolutely just bonkers game because – Ole Miss has got a couple of those little jitterbugs who are going to get behind you and going to get away from you and make some plays, uh, which is another reason why it's going to be just hopefully, you know, knock on wood, a ridiculously fun game. But when they're doing what they can with what they have, and I think that's all you can ask a team to do. You, you can't ask anybody uh, individually to be better than they are. You just have to hope that you put the parts together and that you're better than the sum of your parts and that you're getting what you can out of what you have. And when I look at Tennessee's defense, Pat, I see a, a group getting what it can out of what it has. Guys like Beasley are stepping up and being pretty pretty solid inside linebackers. The defensive line under Ruddy Gardner has come a million miles. Guys like Butler and Simmons, when, when he's healthy, are, are, are playing better. Barron is a game-changer off the edge. Um, when he's healthy, Byron Young is starting to come into his own, and he really had a couple of nice pass rushes in this game. Uh, all those South Carolina guys burned, burned, burned the Gamecocks today. You had Evans running by them. You had Jalen Hyatt scoring a touchdown. Uh, you had Byron Young in their backfield. You had Paxton Brooks dropping some bomb punts in there. Uh, all all, all the, the Palmetto State guys were, were rough on the Gamecocks today. But I just think, Pat, am I, am I wrong about that? And, and feel free to tell me if I am because, as Mizzou game showed last week, I can be very wrong about things. But it looks to me like Tennessee's getting what it can out of what it has defensively. Yeah, and I think there's something to be said. I mean, we you have to take a little bit of, of the opponent into conversation. South Carolina is not very good offensively. As you mentioned, this is a team that, I mean, they needed defensive scores to get to 23 points on Troy and 20 on East Carolina. So this is not some sort of juggernaut. Uh, you know, they've got some good players over there. I mean, Kevin yes, Harris was the yes, best rusher in the in the SEC last season, and uh, he had back surgery in the summer, and he's just not been the same guy. But, I mean, Tennessee's defense is, um, you know, they've gotten the job done. You look at the two teams that they struggled against. I mean, Pittsburgh's number two in the country in total offense. Going into the day, I think they were off, and Florida was 10th. Um, both those teams averaging over 500 yards. And, and you look at how Tennessee did in those games. I mean, in the Pittsburgh game, you know, they made enough plays to keep that one close for a while, particularly in the first half, third quarter, while the offense was sort of finding its groove with the quarterback change. And, you know, against Florida, you know, they played better in the first half, didn't really get off the field very much in the second half. But, you know, Florida's a good offense. So, um, it, it, in you know, Missouri was top 25, I think, in, in total offense, and, and Tennessee really shut them down last week. So, um, yeah, they're, this defense is just finding a way to get get the job done. And, and Wes, I would definitely agree that they're sort of exceeding the sum of their parts, particularly when a lot of the some of the better parts are missing, like they were today. And you know, they, like I said, they, they they probably will run into some trouble against Ole Miss next week. Ole Miss scores on everybody except Alabama. Um, 
you know, Georgia, I don't think they're a juggernaut offensively, but they don't really have to be with the way their defense is playing. Alabama, obviously, is really good on offense. So they're, they're, the defense will probably get exposed and have some rough days, but you really have to like what they've done so far. And um, I think the players deserve credit and the, and the staff deserves credit for, for finding something that, the, that these guys can play and, and play very sound. Yeah, I mean, that that's what coaching is, right? You, you, you do the best you can with what you have. And I think th- this staff, to me, has really impressed me by – it would be very, very easy for them, and I think understandable. I think we would all understand it, or most of us would, most of us would, if they made more comments about the guys they don't have right now. Because or they, the situation they inherited, right? Yes, yes. They went into a tough situation, and they've got a lot of guys that they need that they don't have right now, some guys they thought they'd have and they don't have, and they're not – you know, they only talk about that really when they're asked. And even then, they don't bring it up too much. They just say, you know, it's like Golish said with his offense this week. He said, you know, there's been a lot of talk about other things, but we have who we have, and our job is to, to work with those guys. And they're not talking about what they don't have. They're talking about what they do have. They're not worrying about, you know, some little mistakes that are being made here and there. They they believe in what they're doing. They are they're pushing it offensively. They're getting what they can out of what they have defensively. And they're putting together – a solid football team that probably should be five and one now. It's four and two. That's okay. That's if you'd offered most people four and two at this point going into the season, uh, or if you'd asked somebody five, four or five months ago, would you take four and two right now? They'd have said, "Hell yes, I would." Um, and, and it just so happens that it could have been five and one, but four and two. Uh, that's that. That's not bad. It, it's going to get tougher. It's going to get tougher. But this is what they needed to do. Yeah, and I think looking long term at, at the rest of this season. Um, I would still caution fans about getting maybe too optimistic because, Fair. I mean, they already have sort of a, a laundry list of guys that are out, and they've still got to put two more games before they get uh, their off week. So, um, and but but again, you, you've banked these wins early. You banked these two wins, these two SEC wins, and you know you've got the two at the end of the season against South Alabama and Vanderbilt. Those are two teams that don't score. You should be able to. You should be able to, regardless of who you have left at that point, you should be able to go and you know beat those teams at home. So uh, you're obviously probably not going to beat Alabama. You're probably not going to beat Georgia. Those games will probably be blowouts and they'll probably be rough. But um, you know, Ole Miss, who knows? Ole Miss seems to, you know, you look at what they've done since Kiffin took over. They played a ton of games that were down to the wire. Yeah. So you have to think this Tennessee game will probably go down to the wire too. I mean, their, their game against Arkansas today was you caught the end of it, wait for Hyper to come out for his press conference. It's just nuts. If they went back and forth the whole game, um, Kentucky. I mean, they're looking pretty formidable right now. I would say. Yeah, they're just doing what uh, they do. They they scored, you know, they scored twenty four to thirty one or so points a game or whatever it is. They play really good defense. They're tough. They're physical. They they've got a bunch of old that's, guys on the line of scrimmage. A, they're a tough team. That's become a that's a that's become a tough place to play. Yes, yes, it has. Um, and so, you know, Tennessee goes up there after an open date. So who knows? You know. And that's the thing. I mean, those are kind of games. Kentucky doesn't like to score a lot of points still. So if Tennessee, you know, they're going to put up points. So, you know, that's going to be a game where Kentucky's going to have to get outside of its comfort zone to win probably. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, again, it's just for everybody in this league, other than George and Alabama, that's anything can happen. Right. Yeah. Um, and, Yeah. and, And with this team, this Tennessee team, you know, they keep building confidence. Right. I mean, this offense has to be feeling pretty good about itself. And, you know, as long as they stay on point, which we should point out something Hendon Hooker said that we don't hear, usually hear a whole lot. 
is Tennessee came out in the third quarter and, and was lifeless on offense. I think they had 25 yards and one first down. Yeah. And, and Hooker was asked about it. And he said, yeah, we relaxed. <laughs> He's like, we wrote big and we let it off. We let off. Um, and, you know, sometimes you'll hear players kind of shoot that down. And it was some refreshing honesty to hear that because it certainly looked that way. For most of the third quarter, it looked like South Carolina was playing a lot harder. And then you had rah, rah, Shane Beamer over there getting all fired up, <laughs> you know. <laughs> God bless him. He's him trying. Over there. He's trying, huh? man. He's trying. He's trying. You can't. You can't uh, say he's not trying. You know, and pulling out trick plays and all this stuff when you're down 30, 25 points. You know, whatever. Um, and and yeah, I mean, if Tennessee can't, you know, they need to get. You know, once if they get back on point, right? Yeah, have, it's, you know, it's, I think they'll definitely have a chance against Ole Miss. As soon as they got back on the gas, and I loved this, and we don't have much more time. I'm going to be quick about this. But I think after the game, I think Heupel sort of misinterpreted or I didn't say the question right. I, I was trying to ask him, when they got up, when South Carolina got within 38-20, Tennessee gets the ball back with about 14 or so, 13 minutes left, whatever it is. Every coach I have ever covered at Tennessee, including guys who were more offensive-minded like Derek Dooley and Butch Jones, they would have in that situation, they would have slowed it down and they would have tried to eat clock and they would have tried to just keep bleeding out that game. Tennessee stuck with the tempo. Tennessee said, no, screw it. This is how we play. The balls got back on the accelerator. They didn't, they had to punt that next possession, but they got a first down. They got a little bit of juice flowing. Then the defense made the play. Then they got the short field. As soon as they stayed back on the on the gas, they were fine. And I think Heupel thought I might have been trying to say, were you rubbing in the score? Or were you were you, were you running up the score? And, and that's not what I meant. I meant to say, like in my column, the way they attack, I love the aggressive way they play the game. They they don't have all the pieces they want yet, but they are aggressive. They play their way. They're not worried about time of possession. They're not worried about some of these other things. They're they're worried about playing their brand of football. And Heupel said it after the game, Pat. He said, guys, I know offensively this is a lot different than what you're used to seeing, but this is how we play. And if you're going to hire somebody to do a job, you ought to let them do it the way they want to do it. Yeah, and Wes, we have to point out how they went under center at the goal line, didn't they? Yeah, and, and what did they do? They scored. What they do? They score one play under center, Wait, one touchdown, and the goal line. Speak. You talking about Hypo thinking about you asking about rubbing the score in when uh, when Beamer was calling those timeouts, burning his last two timeouts with two and a half minutes to go, and it's forty five twenty. I remember looking over you and being like, "I'll be chucking a deep right here." Yeah, yeah get your they, starter, get your starters out. But how about a play action bomb right about here, just to be have, like, stop taking your damn timeouts. Well, they still. I think they had Hooker in the game, but he was behind the twos. I would have run Milton out there and said, "Joe, do what you do and chuck it deep. <laughs> throw it as far as you can throw it. Throw it out of we'll, the back. We'll, we'll, let, we'll let Ramel Keaton or Anderson Kobe or whoever was in the slot run deep, and you just you give it a shot." But I mean, I think that was. Yeah. No, it, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you got it. No, I was just gonna say it, it, it's nice to those guys right now. And, and we can end on this thought, I think, Pat. The, these guys, listen, there is a big challenge coming up next week, uh, an even bigger challenge coming up the week after that, and then possibly an even bigger challenge, you know, a little bit after that. So so these guys, they've got a lot of tough games, you know, in front of them. They, they've got, you know, you got what? You, you, you have uh, still Ole Miss, Bama, Georgia, all on the schedule, all right? You do. It's tough. It's really, really tough. But we know, Pat, what these guys have been through for the past, what, 12 or 13 months? 
We have been around the program a lot. We have seen what these guys have been through. They lost half their team to the portal. They had to get used to some new guys. They don't have the numbers they want. They got a brand new coaching staff. They lost seven games last season. It is nice. We are reporters, but we are human beings. And it is nice to see some of these guys come out after games with smiles on their faces. I mean, it is nice to see these guys because you know you can be as objective as you want, but by God, we are human beings. We know what they've been through. It's not like war or anything like that. It's not, you know, it's not like some tragic human event, but it's, they've been through a lot and they've been jerked around. They've had a hard time. And these guys, like Vales Jones said, he said the energy around the program right now is just something they haven't had in a while. Yeah, and you hear, um, you know, I asked Tennant Hooker about when he nearly got Tedder Tillman concussed. Yes. <laughs> uh, thrown into triple coverage on a slant over the middle. You know, Tillman's a big guy, held on the football, but um, – and, and Hooker goes, yeah, I, I told him I'd take him out to eat. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. good stuff. He's you're like, asking – Yeah, my bad, you're, man. You're asking McCullough about uh, playing, you know, having three interceptions with a cast on his wrist and Bayless leans over and goes, I told him to keep the cast on. <laughs> yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And even if it's yeah. broke, don't fix it. So, and, yeah. and, uh, and you know, was it Brandon? One of the players was like talking about Al Wilson's shoulder pad size. Yeah. That was, was turnage. Yeah. That was turnage. He was like, maybe that's some big shoulder pads. Um, <laughs> and we should have known Tennessee wasn't going to lose this game when they had Al Wilson leading the ball walk. Right. And, I mean, and, at number, that point, and, it, and number 27 scoring the last touchdown. Right. I mean, that, that was, we should have known. We should, it should have been hashtag pray for South Carolina. Though. Yeah, I mean, it should have been. But, you know, there, there's going to be a lot to talk about, and we got a lot to discuss in the next week. You know, we're going to have the Monday edition. Obviously, we're going to be following the situation with Tyon Evans, uh, although I've already said we're going to spend the next six and a half days asking every way possible we can how Tyon Evans is doing, and Josh Heupel's just not going to say. But but we got sources. We'll keep working it. We'll, we'll see. Um, but they've been so far this season. I got I got to say – I'm going to tip my cap. They've been pretty good at keeping quiet who's actually hurt and who's really not. They've, they've got to take advantage of every little thing they've got right now, and they're, they're, they're doing what they can there. So it's going to be a fun week. There's going to be a lot to talk about, and it's, hey, Lane Kiffin's homecoming, right? Lots and lots of good stuff. You excited, Pat? I am excited, Wes. And it's on, fun covering half-confident football. Yes, it is. It is nice. It is nice for a change. Go on and have a good night, buddy, unless you got anything else. You got anything else? I'm good. Let's roll. Let's roll. Let's indeed roll. Let's get out of here. That, that'll wrap us up for this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Thank you all. Thank you all for listening. Thanks to Pat for joining us. And more importantly, thanks to all y'all for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter because he doesn't say 24-7 because he is not a team player. If you want just Tennessee news on your feed, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals247. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals247 and get tons and tons of stuff there all the time, almost all the time, not last Monday. Uh, Thanks for that, Zuckerberg. Uh, We appreciate that. Uh, But usually you can go to facebook.com slash govals247 to get tons of stuff there. But if you want that best, most delicious, that that delicious Smoky Mountain East Tennessee spring water, go get that directly from the tap at govals247.com, the best site 
on all of Al Gore's internets to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. They got fall ball stuff going on right now. Lady Vols coverage with the award-winning Maria Cornelius, who does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all year long. We've got two forms rolling around the clock. Got the checkerboard and the summit. Uh, the 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you can come talk to us, uh, the, the staff members, and thousands of Tennessee fans from around the world and talk about anything that is not political or religious in nature and have a good time doing it. So you can go there all the time and do that, and you can get all that. You get those fresh content items, a couple dozen a day most of the time. You get the best database in all of college sports. You get the checkerboard. You get the summit. You get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all it costs. That's all it costs. And if you do that after the seven-day free trial, you get, you pay us that ridiculously reasonable rate, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, which is, uh, used to be CBS All Access, now it's Paramount Plus, tons and tons of stuff on there. You got new movies, exclusive movies, uh, you got some old classic movies on there, uh, you got live sports, vol stuff, SEC stuff, NFL, PGA Tour, Europa League, obviously Champions League, World Cup qualifying stuff. You, you get just so, so many things on there. So many things. You get access to the vaults of uh, CBS, every show they've ever done, commercial-free, lots of exclusive stuff like Star Trek, Picard, um, Evil, a bunch of that other stuff. You also get access to the vaults of Smithsonian, Nickelodeon, MTV, or I'm sorry, uh, BET, yeah, MTV, Comedy Central, all of that. All of that. That's a $100-plus annual value that we can give you for free. So if you take advantage of one good deal, on top of that you get one of the best deals out there. $100 plus annual value in your pocket for free, no questions asked. If nothing else, guys, you should hear from us by uh, Monday afternoon if there's no big breaking news. Uh, so uh, if there's none, you'll hear from us then. Until then, be nice to each other. Too much nastiness out there in this world. Be, be kind. Be good to each other. Try, try, a little, try a little friendliness. See where it goes. You never know. You never, never know. Try some empathy. See you.